This is episode number 35 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last episode, I let you in on the secret for how to make your apology efficient. This week, I'll be talking about friendship as the cornerstone of lasting romantic love. Whether you are single, newly dating, or in a long-term partnership, incorporating this principle into your current or future love life can spare your relationship from the burn hot and burn out cycle and give you a real chance at a lasting love affair. I hope you will keep listening. These days, being in a couple is rough. Lately, I have been hearing story after story of stress mounting and trust fraying between partners, which breaks my heart. It seems that the demands of life in late summer 2021 may be exceeding the skills and resources that many couples have for the task of loving. I want to start this episode by sharing my deep empathy for the work of finding your way in love right now. It is not easy. Remember those days when you first met, when all the surfaces between you two were shiny and you had no dings in the vehicle of your partnership? The allure of new love often catapults couples into commitments that can quickly dull the initial spark. What can make the difference over time between a couple who bends and grows through the stress and one that proves brittle and breaks when things get especially hard is the friendship. So seems simple, right? Just be friends with your mate. I don't know about you, but no one taught me how to grow friendship first with my partners. I began dating as a painfully shy freshman in high school. When boys approached me, I went along with their lead, not having cultivated the ability to know what I actually wanted. Those relationships consequently had little to do with friendship. They were more about looking a certain part to our peer groups and about having makeouts. I had no models for healthy relationship and definitely no clue about what healthy sexuality looked like. I have this vivid memory from age 15 of sneaking a late night makeout with my high school boyfriend on the side of our family's suburban house with my dad and stepmother just nearby inside and profoundly not enjoying myself, but thinking, well, this is what relationship is. It took me years to figure out that my options did not have to be so limited. Having access to our desires and being able to name them to our potential partners is a vital prerequisite for establishing a healthy friendship. But interestingly, we can also shortchange the friendship by being too attached to what we want. Cultivating friendship as a first step to a romance requires many skills, and foremost among those is surrender and patience. A willingness to resist rushing into the commitment or into the sex, and instead allowing ours and the other person's personalities to reveal themselves. When we start with the romance or the sex out of the rush of hormones or an urgency to get partnered, it's like we have already programmed in the destination for the trip, rather than letting our enjoyment of the sights tug us along. 
Unfortunately, so many of us are in a push to fit a potential partner into the gap in our lives where we feel lonely or incomplete that we often miss the step of determining common values and becoming friends with our potential sexual partner. Recently, a friend who had just begun a partnership with a man she was crazy about told me with excitement, Jess, I have found my person. I shuddered. I know this expression well, and I also know its perils. Gently, I urged her, consider calling him a person, not your person. It will keep your options open. This distinction may seem small, but it is critical. With the pervasive social conditioning that tells us that finding a mate and settling down are the keys to happiness and the measure of our adult success, it can be easy to plug potential partners into the holes in our lives before actually getting to know the person. When we attach too soon to someone we are dating, before listening for our genuine compatibility, we risk filling in what we don't know about them with the pre-written script of what my person would do or say. Without fail over time, life will reveal the intimacy we skipped and usually in jarring ways. You can likely, likely relate to the befuddlement when a few months into the relationship, a new lover says or does something you didn't anticipate, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait, that is not the person I signed up for. When in fact, it is the person you signed up for, but aglow with what you wanted them to be, you missed tuning into the person as they actually are. So besides the sex, what actually distinguishes the friendship from the romance? I remember a dance exercise in which I once participated at a conscious community dance event. We partnered up with someone in the group, and while our partner danced in the middle of the big circle, we stood around the edges witnessing. At any point, the dancer might stop, and when they did, they were signaling to us that they needed our support. We would come into the circle and place our hands gently on their back, as if to say, I'm here, I believe in you, keep going. When the dancer felt ready again to move, they would continue and we would go back to the circle of witnessing. The mantra the facilitator repeated during the exercise was, I want nothing from you and I want everything for you. I'll never forget that level of deep support that we were practicing in that dance exercise. That attunement, goodwill, and generosity, I believe, is at the heart of strong friendship. American psychiatrist M. Scott Peck summarizes this principle well with his famous de definition of love. In his book, The Road Less Traveled, he defines love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. The will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Each couple will, of course, define that differently. But the point here is, when loving friendship is at the heart of the relationship, there will be a nurturing of each person's growth, not for who they can be for you or what they can do for you but for the sake of theirs and your own thriving. I want nothing from you and everything for you. 
Now, of course, it's not true that we want nothing from our partners. We want fidelity and reliability. We want them to make us dinner when it's their turn or keep the car clean. It's a balancing act to hold the friendship while growing the interdependence and especially if you have children. But when we lose the friendship or never established it to begin with, we have an opportunity to revisit this question of how to nurture our own and our partner's growth. In traditional Jewish teachings, the friendship between a couple is compared to flowing water, while the romance is likened to the burning fire. We need both to have balance. More often, I'm afraid, in our culture, we over-prioritize the heat, which runs the risk of burning us out if we don't have the cooling waters to temper the flames. We rave about the hot sex, the romantic gestures, and the dreams of marriage and children. But it is so often the flowing river of kindness, care, and friendship that extends the initial attraction into a bond that can last through these types of initiations. For this week's homework, if you are in a partnership, consider taking at least one week off of any sexual activity and prioritize taking care of one another in creative ways. Think about their needs and what would nurture them. Surprise them with their favorite meal, offer to share a task that is typically their responsibility. Ask them questions about spirituality, the environment, or their childhood memories. Learn about them in ways you haven't yet. There are countless ways to nurture and deepen a friendship. Write me and tell me what you tried. If you are not in a partnership right now, share this podcast with a friend and consider extending yourself for the other's spiritual growth. What might nurture them where they most need it? How can you encourage one another more than you typically do and get one another's back when the dance of life seems daunting or overwhelming? The antidote to relating to our mates as who we think they should be and instead meeting them in who they are lies in cultivating the friendship. More than ever right now, we need good friends with whom to ride the waves of life. I hope you will take time this week to nurture the friendships inside of your intimate connections. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, 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 oh.